You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing, and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to be your people. And God, we just want to be all in. We want to accomplish the things that you've called us to accomplish. And God, I do ask even for this passion offering, Lord, that we would just play our part in making a dent and helping people here in Kansas City. And Lord, helping, Lord, to see church plants and God, those in unreached areas where people are so far from you, we want to, Lord, play a role in seeing them come to know Jesus. And Lord, we want so desperately for young people to know and encounter you from the days of their youth. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would use this to do something miraculous. And now, God, as we open up your word, we pray, Lord Jesus, that the word would come alive in us. Holy Spirit, do something significant. May we not merely sit back and just hang out, but may we lean in and experience you today. May the word of God be fresh and alive. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen all right. Uh, this is, if this is your first time in this series, we're, we're, we're taking a, a few weeks and just talking about the Lamb's reward. We're talking about giving our lives. We're talking about sacrificing and, and giving in such a way of our time, talent, and treasure that the great worth of Jesus, who he is, moves us to what seems extravagant. And so in week one, I told the story, and I'll just tell it briefly, it's this, but it's the story of, of two young men who were Moravian missionaries who, when they were given the opportunity to go in 1727 and take the gospel around the world and take the gospel to the West Indies, where the only way to get onto the island was to sell your life into slavery. These Christian young men who could have had a comfortable life in Europe, decided to sell their lives into slavery. And the money that they received was enough for a one-way boat fare. And as they pulled out of the harbor, they yelled back what became the anthem of the Moravian missions movement, which was, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And the motivation was, Jesus receiving a great reward from every tongue, tribe, and nation and giving their lives to help others know Jesus. And so as a church, I just want that to be one of the core things that we care about. One of the things that's deeply embedded in us is not just what I can get, but what can I give? How can I give my life? How can I do what, whatever opportunity the Lord gives me that there would be a great multitude that no one could count from every tongue, tribe, and nation? And Jesus is going to have his reward, and we want to play a part. And so last week, Aaron talked a little bit about generosity, and I loved that message, and I loved where he was going. I want to add a little bit to it today. And so um, we're going to read today out of, out of Matthew chapter, sorry, Mark chapter 6, and let's just read this together. All right, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion. Can you say compassion? He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's Already very late, send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. And we too go and, and are we to go and spend how much, spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? 
And then Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? He asks, go and see. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Famous story, one that we're probably fairly familiar with. If you've been around church very much, it's one that we talk a lot about and one that many people know from their childhood. But I want to just take a minute and highlight a few ideas out of this text today with the hope and the dream that you and I would give and that you and I would see God miraculously provide in abundance. And I know that scares a few people when you start talking that way. But I believe that we serve a God who wants to do miracles. And I believe that God is still doing miracles. And I, my hope and my prayer is that we jump in kind of on that wave and experience God doing something miraculous. So the first thing I want you to see in this text is how Jesus is compassionate, how he's a compassionate king. It's interesting because in the gospel of Mark, he tells a story just before this story about Herod and Herod's feast. If you can remember, Herod is the one who is currently the king. And so all of these throngs of people, these multitudes of people, and, and the way that they would say it in this day, the way that in this first century Judaism, they would talk about just how many men were there. So they say 5,000. Most scholars would say if you were to include women and children, it could have been 10, 15, maybe even up to 20,000 people. And so it's thousands of people. It's far more than just the 5,000. And it's this massive crowd. And these guys would have thought of Herod is currently the king here. And so when Jesus is feeding the 5,000, one of the things is Mark kind of gives his rendition and he shares his gospel he puts it as the story as the follow-up to a feast that king herod throws and the interesting thing about king herod is that king herod what we read about is he was pretty selfish and lived for himself and so when we read here in this chapter verse 21 it says on his birthday herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of galilee so Herod throws a feast, he throws a party, and he invites the well-to-do, the VIPs. And Mark here is juxtaposing the new king, the better king. Because here comes Jesus, and in verse 33, those who are at his feast, it's not the VIPs, it's anybody who will come. In verse 33, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And so Mark here is saying, this is a greater king. Here is a king who doesn't just throw the feast and the party for the VIPs and the elite of society. Here's the one who says, come one, come all. The broken, the hurting, no matter your situation, no matter where you're at, the greater king. And when you look at Herod, Herod is also the one who he wants to be impressed at the banquet. If you remember, it's almost a scandalous story where we read about the daughter of Herodias, the dancer. And as a result of her dancing, then Herod is impressed and he's trying to impress his guests. And that's quite different than the Messiah, Jesus, who shows up and this king looks out 
And it is not a need to be impressed by people. It's the opposite. Jesus has compassion on the people. And so he's the kind of king that doesn't say, bring in the VIPs, bring in the influential, and let me try to be impressive. He's the kind of king that looks out and says, come one, come all, and possesses compassion. And in compassion, he looks at people and he doesn't say, what do you have to give me? He's the one that looks out and says, I'll give first. He's the one that looks out and says, let me give you some food. Are you hungry? And I don't know where you're at today. Sometimes it's easy for us in just the society that we live in, in the attack of the enemy, to think that we're serving this king. (laughs) I've got to be impressive, and I've got to kind of pull myself up by the bootstraps and be somebody. And i got to not only be impressive, but man... Maybe develop some influence and maybe become somebody and kind of make a statement to God about what I can do and what I can be. Yet I think Mark would have us see that this is the king who looks at you and says, you are welcome at my feast. I have compassion. What do you need? You need food? I want to take care of you. And my hope is right here as we're in the middle of this series about, hey, let's give all. Hey, let's give everything all in. Sacrifice. May the lamb who is slain receive his reward in me and in our church. Man, may we see that Jesus is the one who he has great compassion right where you're at today. And far before you ever give, he's given far more than you ever could. And he loves you. He delights in you. And he is the better king. And then you've got this idea, and it's this famous story. In John chapter 6, we read about how it's actually a a boy or a lad. We don't really use the word lad, but it's a lad uh, that comes in and and gives his, his loaves and his fish. And I just want you to see how Jesus welcomes the boy who just gives what he has. If we read about it right here in verse 30, it says, how many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. And when they found out, they said, it's five loaves and two fish. In John chapter 6, verse 6, we find out it's this boy that gives it. And I just want you to put yourself in the position of that boy for a minute. Because if you're, if you're that kid and these disciples are coming out and they're looking for a way to feed the thousands, undoubtedly, the first thought is, what do, I mean, my mom packed this lunch for me. Like, what, what do I have to offer? This seems so small. It's kind of dumb to even give it. I mean, you want me to help? If you want me to help, then maybe I need 20,000 loaves, 50,000 loaves, 100,000 if it's all you can eat, 20,000 fish. I need a lot. And yet the amazing thing in this story is the way that Jesus uses little to accomplish a lot. In other words, he doesn't need the big sacrifice in quantity He just takes and uses what the lad gives, what the boy gives. And I just want you in the midst of your own journey today, 2017, we're all trying to figure out insurance. We're all trying to figure out time. We're all trying to figure out how to get everything done and how to pay for your kids to be in 10,000 hobbies and all the stuff that you've got in your life. And I just want you to get before the Lord and just know, okay, God. This little bit of time I've got, it doesn't feel like I'm giving a lot, but you can use the time that I have. And God, I don't feel 
feel like I've got this much talent. I can't take the microphone like Katie Reed and just like lift the roof, you know? Like, I can't do that. I don't have that kind of talent. But he can take that talent that you've got, that little bit you got, and you say, God, how can I, how can I use this for the kingdom? How can I use this for my city? Or how can I use this in whatever capacity to honor Jesus? And he'll go, I'll use it. And this little bit of treasure, <laughs> I've got small treasure. And he goes, like, maybe five loaves and two fish. Like, maybe just a little bit. Like, in your eyes, it seems like it's such a small quantity. But he says, here's what I'm looking to do. I'm wanting to use my people, my people to be a light to the world. And if you'll use your little time, your little talent, and your little treasure. Sounds like this little light of mine. Sorry. Tell you what, you're not the one that is providing the miracle. I'm the one providing the miracle, but I like to partner with my people. And I want, you know what? Truth is, I'm going to feed, actually in John chapter 6, it says that he knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew full well what he was going to do, but he's looking for a partner. Come on, just give me your little bit. Let's just do this thing together. You want to be a part of the Great Commission? Come on now, just jump in and, and what, what you got? What, you, you've, got a, you've got some time, you've got some talent. And I think sometimes we're like, unless I've got big talent, unless I've got big treasure, unless I've got a big old amount of time, I'm not really a part of what God's doing on the planet. And I just want to invite you just to jump in to a, a Savior who says, I'm still doing miracles. If you'll come to me like a lad, like a kid, and just says, let me bring what I've got, in my hands, I'll take a little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. I'll break it. I'll bless it. I'll distribute it back into the hands of the disciples, and I'll do something miraculous. Just wake up today to the reality that God will use your little, even when it's not big. Your little bit, just what you got. And I think not only will he use it, but I think he delights in it. I don't think he just delights in the big. I think he delights in the small. I think you have this father that delights, Nathan, will you bring that to me? That delights in your gift, a God who looks at your little gift and says, I want to use it. So uh, you've heard me tell stories that for 16 years, I, I worked in Colorado. And one of the things I did was youth conferences. And one of the things that was really fun was um, my boy Dawson, uh, when he was seven, he said, hey, Dad, um, I've noticed that at the conference, people buy thousands of T-shirts. And I said, yeah, that's right, thinking he wanted a T-shirt. And he said, well, Dad, you know, I'm a graphic designer. <laughs> He's seven. He had a $1.99 app on an iPad. He's seven. I said, you're a graphic designer, huh? He goes, yeah. I just want to know, can I make a graphic design for one of the T-shirts? <laughs> and I had seen some of his work. And I got nervous because suddenly my worlds were in conflict. I said, uh, well, tell me what you mean, son. And he said, oh, I just think, you know, like I think I've got some good designs. And I think that, um, I think you might sell a lot of my T-shirts. And so I said, well, tell you what, why don't you go make a graphic and, and then send it to me and let me see it. He said, all right. And so uh, my seven-year-old sends me this graphic. And uh, it says, Jesus is real. And uh, it looked about like that, if you can see it. And so it's a... Uh, it's, 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 it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it looks like a lion. 
Um, but the purple, you know, this purple slash was stating that it's Jesus, you know, and so, um, so, so, so Dawson sent me this graphic, and I sent it to our, um, our, one, our, one of our production guys, and I said, hey, I'd like you to make uh, multiples of this t-shirt, and let's sell them at the conference, <laughs> and he emailed me back, is this a joke? <laughs> and I emailed him back, I said, no joke, and uh, I said, make the shirt. Now, was my motive to make the shirt because this was awesome? You know what, it, what, you know what made it awesome? What made it awesome was that Dawson was seven. And that he had, at that point, little talent, right? I mean, at that point, this is not, this, this is not a feast. This is, this is five loaves and two fish. But, but there was in my heart this such delight in small talent and such delight that he was willing to spend it and jump all in and be a part of what I was doing and jump all in. And you know what, Dad? If, if your mission in life is to help teenagers know Jesus, and man, I'm gonna jump in and my, I'm gonna jump in and use what I got. Well, what do I got right now at seven years old? Well, I got an, I got an iPad with an app that costs $1.99. And so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll use my talent to jump in and be a part of what Dad's doing. And so actually, I took great delight. I think I have a little picture of that conference. I was pretty proud of him. I don't know if you can throw that up there. But uh, Dawson jumped in, and, and there, yeah, there we go. He's seven years old. That's me in the background with a little more hair, pretty excited about Dawson. He jumped in, and, and he was a part. And then we decided to go ahead and sell the T-shirts, and I was a little nervous about that part of it, uh, except for that they sold out. And uh, you tell the story, and people go, I like that kid. And, sold out. Here's why I tell you that. Because we kind of come before the Lord and we're kind of like, I don't, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what I have. But I don't think that the Lord's looking at you saying, you know what, I'm kind of dependent on you for the Great Commission. I'm kind of dependent on you, you know, to get the job done, to take care of the hurting in Kansas City. I'm kind of, I really need you. I think we serve a God that says, hey, I've got this mission and this vision and they're my children and I want people to know about me and I want to be the hands and feet to help the hurting, and I just want to use you. Just bring what you got. Just bring what you have. Might not be great talent, might not be great treasure, might not be great amount of time, but give what you have. And I think he takes incredible delight when we bring what we've got. And so that's my dream for us today is that we would jump in and say, I'm going to bring what I have and, and just jump in. And, and this is like, this is not this is not me being the preacher that's like, hey, everybody give a little so we can do something. We're going to give all this away. This is us just looking to the Lord and just saying, hey, God, we want to be a part of what you're doing. And The crazy thing is, is when we jump in with God to jump in to do, to do, give a little bit, sometimes, sometimes he does the miraculous. Like sometimes he's like, tell you what, I want to just provide abundantly, like a miraculous, abundant miracle coming right back at you. Like if you're the lad and you're sitting there, you gave your Lunchable and all of a sudden there's like you're sitting there and you're watching thousands of people get your bread. You're going, I don't know how this works. Hey, kid, that's a pretty big meal you brought today. No, it wasn't. I just brought a little. Oh, yeah. But I gave what little I had and Jesus did the miracle. And today he's, in fact, done some miracles. I don't want to be one of those preachers that says every time, I don't, where 
In fact, when I read the, the, the narratives of scripture, it just stings. Like he's worthy of it, and so I give it. Like there's this moment in Luke 21 where this widow gives all that she has, and we don't read a story of the temple treasury going back to her. Like we don't read a story about Jesus saying, oh, I'm so proud of you. He tell you what, here's a new car or a new donkey. Here's something. All we have is Jesus just talking to his disciples going, I like her. That's it. That's all you get. But that's a lot. And then there's another story, Mary of Bethany, where she just pours out the perfume, or like some preachers, the spike nard, you know, the, the nard. <laughs> I just think it's a weird word to say in church. She's poured it all out. And she pours it all out. And we don't have a story of her getting more perfume. Like, we just have Jesus. It's going to be recorded. She did a good thing. So, and they just give to give, never give to get, just give to give. Because my motivation is to give. My motivation is he's worthy. My motivation is I want to be a part of what he's doing on the planet because he's my first love. But then there's those crazy moments. Jesus just goes, I want to do a miracle of abundance on that guy. I really am so proud of that lady. Ah, it's in my heart. And if you're this young boy sitting there and you look at everybody being fed and you go, God used my little and created a miracle. And what I want to tell you is one of the most fun things we can do is jump in every time we can to just give. And sometimes, sometimes, you know that's a definitive preacher's point when it starts with sometimes. <laughs> it's not a law, it's relational. Sometimes you've got this God, this glad-hearted father that looks at you and goes, I'm gonna pour out some abundance on that guy. I wanna do some, I just love that. My, um, my son Doss, and Dawson, um, I call him Doss. When we were moving here, um, I don't know exactly what was going on in his 11-year-old heart, but um, as we were as we were um, cleaning out our house, the very last drawer in Colorado Springs that we were packing up, uh, we found a little a note that he had written to the Lord. It was just in his prayer journal, and it, it said, "God, if we do actually plant a church." comma, please take care of us. Amen. And uh, so my wife and I are like, Ugh, you know, like what's going on in his little heart. And so we were driving here and the way it worked out was Dawson and I were in the U-Haul together and Renata drove the Suburban with the other kids. And so we're on I-70 headed east from Colorado. And, and uh, it was February, late February of 2016. And, um, and Dawson for some reason, began to ask me questions in his 11-year-old mind and heart about how this is all going to work. And he said, so, Dad, let me see if I got this straight. He goes, you had a good job in Colorado. I said, yeah. He goes, I know we're starting a church, but do you have a job? And I said, well, not really. He said, so right now, like, you don't have a job right now. I said, no. And he was like, um, so how does, how does that work? And I said, well, son, it's a step of faith. 
we got to believe that God's going to do something. And, and if God doesn't step in, then, then we're in trouble. And he just began to freak. He was like, Ugh. And I'll never forget this moment where he said, it was just kind of this dad moment. Because he said, hey, dad, um, do you think I'll still get a birthday present this year? His <laughs> birthday was coming up in June. I said, I think so. I said, I think God will do something. I think, I think we'll be all right. And uh, so in April of that year, uh, I received a, a phone call um, inviting me to come and speak at a church in Texas. And um, it was over the weekend of Dawson's birthday, which was June 27th, which that year was a Monday. And so I called Renata and said, hey, I'd like to do this. Are we cool? And she said, well, Monday is Dawson's birthday. Uh, what do you think about taking Dawson with him? And I said, oh, that's perfect. He loves traveling with me, and so this will be fantastic. This will be his, his birthday gift. And so he went with me, and we were just chumming it up about how God gave him a trip, which he loves. I mean, he just loves, that's been since he was a little boy. He went with me, you know, when he was three on his first trip, and he just loves it. And so we were talking on the flight about how God had provided for him, and and um, we, on Sunday, we were in the middle of the, of the services, between services, and I said to the senior pastor, I said, hey, man, tomorrow's my boy's birthday. We're going to fly out tomorrow night, and I just want to take him to go do something kind of fun on the way to the airport. You know, like, is there, is there something like a putt-putt golf around here close, or, you know, I, I don't really want to go to a movie. I kind of want to do something with him, you know, like I don't, I, laser tag, something like that. And, and he, the, the pastor looked at me, and he said, do you trust me? And I said, ha-ha. What do you mean? And he said, give me just a second. He says, give me just a second. And he said, I'll get back with you in a few hours. I said, okay. So after that next service after church, uh, he came back and he said, hey, um, I worked out something for you and your son to do tomorrow. And I said, "Um, okay, a little nervous, um, like, because now I've lost control. And um, (laughs) and, uh, he's like, you said you trust me. I was like, yeah, yeah, I trust you. Yeah, okay okay, cool, you know, and inside I'm hoping, oh, you know, God, let it be something I can actually do, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he says, this, the pastor looks back at me, he says, there's a man in my church, uh, and he wants to do something special for you and Dawson, and I'm still nervous, and he says, I say, cool, and, and then he goes, um, see, he, he, he owns this ranch, and uh, he wants to take you guys fishing on his, at his private ranch. And I was like, that's amazing. That's awesome. And he goes, but um, you're not going to have that much time to get there. So he wanted to know if it would be okay if you guys flew with him in his helicopter. <laughs> I was like, that would be fine. So on that Monday on Dawson's 12th birthday, we fly out on a helicopter to a ranch. I still have no idea where we were. (laughs) And we fished for something. I don't know. I'm not that good at fishing. I don't know what we were doing. We had a great time. And on the helicopter ride back on my boy's 12th birthday while I'm currently unemployed, I looked at my boy and I said, is God taking care of you? As we had the helicopter headphones on. And he looked at me and he smiles and he says, yeah, he cares. Yeah. And I don't know why sometimes he looks at your little sacrifice and he goes, 
Let's, let's multiply in abundance. And so I want to invite you today just to jump in. Get a little bit of time, a little bit of talent, a little bit of treasure. But if you'll give your little, you'll be surprised. We serve a God who he'll take your fish, your bread, and he'll do something incredible. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radian Church Podcast.